630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. McDavid centers. Oscar Clefbaum in Edmonton strikes again in overtime. This time it's Clefbaum. He'll swing it out to the outside and it is to the end zone. Touchdown Eskimos. Darrell Walker with the touchdown and the Eskimos take the lead with less than a minute to go. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. It's the show that's more exciting than the average episode of Falcon Crest. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630 Chad. How are you doing, everybody? Thanks for tuning in tonight. Six minutes after six. My name is Reed Wilkins. Always happy to hear from you. You can text 630-630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. We have a lot to get to tonight. Going to be an interesting show. Cavis Reed will join us later on. He's the general manager of the Montreal Alouettes, and he pulled the trigger on the big deal to get Johnny Manziel to Montreal again. We do not expect Manziel to start two days from now against the Edmonton Eskimos, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does see the field, maybe some plays designed just for him and to get him out there for his CFL regular season debut. We'll also visit with Tim Adams behind that excellent program, Free Footy, that uh, really has a lot of reason to be proud today. Edmonton's Alfonso Davies, 17 years old, uh, born in uh, Ghana, uh, but uh, grew up in Edmonton. He's been playing for the Vancouver Whitecaps. Huge transfer fee today uh, $20 million to uh, go play in Germany for Bayern Munich so Tim will tell us about uh, that, get his impression and also let us know what's going on with Free Footy pretty awesome program in the city. Darrell Walker scheduled to join us as well the third leading receiver in the Canadian Football League. We'll visit with our buddy Mark Spector, his big Mark Spector Golf Classic tees off tomorrow. This has been uh, an amazing tournament to uh, help Sports Central and uh, I'm sure we'll get rapping about some other sports items with Mark too. And any moment, we should be joined by Eskimos president and CEO Len Rhodes, who is touring northern communities. Uh, again, he's gathering as much information as he can, getting his, uh, as many impressions as he had about the name of our football team, the Edmonton Eskimos. Is it time to change it? Does that need to be considered? Uh, he's getting the, uh, the the vibe from uh, from the people who uh, you know may be, uh, have been or are labeled Eskimos at some point in their uh, past or present. So Eskimos at Montreal on Thursday. We'll have it for you 4 o'clock for the countdown to kick off. The game begins at 5.30. Dave Campbell and Morley Scott travel to Montreal today, which means probably right about now the Barbie barn is out of food. That's it. Nothing else at the Barbie barn. The Barbie barn gets a lot of gets a lot of mentions on radio stations. Across. Is the Barbie barn the most famous restaurant in Canada? Might be up there. If you've gone to Montreal, you, you may have eaten there. If you haven't been to Montreal, you know about the Barbie Barn. And if you ever go, you're going to ask about it. Pretty cool spot. All right. Uh, Blue Jays in action tonight. No score in that game. And the Edmonton Prospects 
will go in about an hour against Okotoks. The prospects did have their win streak broken on the weekend. They are uh, sitting at 19 and 20 on the season, and uh, they will be taking on Okotoks, who are one of the better teams in the league. Prospects are third in their division. They uh, they will make the playoffs. Just uh, looking to nail down a spot. We'll see if they finish third or fourth. Too f- too far away to finish first or second and get home field. But don't forget the last uh, two years the prospect has finished fourth got the final playoff spot in their division and then wound up uh, moving on to the league championship series so we'll uh, we'll touch on that uh and we'll keep you updated once that one gets going a little bit of hockey news today brooks orpic re-signing well remember the capitals traded him away well they bring him back brooks orpic defenseman gets a one-year deal with the capitals worth one million dollars uh, also has half a million dollars in earning potential from uh, from potential bonuses in that deal all right we do have Len Rhodes, the president and CEO of your Edmonton Eskimos, on the line. Len, great to hear from you tonight. How are you doing? Likewise, Reed. I'm great. Yourself? I'm doing very well. I, I appreciate you coming on the show because I, I know it's busy, and uh, I know you're doing a lot of work here about the Eskimos name. Uh, Len, let, me, let everybody know where you're calling in from, first of all. What's the itinerary today? Yeah, I'm in the Kalawit, uh, the uh, territory of Nunavut uh, today. We uh, flew to Ottawa on Sunday, uh, had some meetings uh, Sunday and Monday, and then continued our journey here to Iqaluit. Uh, so Iqaluit's uh, 2,100 uh, miles north of Ottawa uh, when you fly. So it, it was about a three and a, uh, about three hours on the airplane to get there. And we're meeting with the people, the cultural leaders, political leaders, business leaders within the Inuit community. Len, uh, I know this is ongoing, and I, I know you spoke uh, a few weeks ago when, when you toured a different part of the north. Can you give us a sense of any significant feedback you've received so far on this trip? Yeah, the feedback so far is that first, we're treated so graciously by the uh, community in general. No matter where we've gone, we started this journey in Yellowknife, then went to Inuvik, and, uh, Inuvik sorry, and now uh, here we are in Iqaluit. And uh, we are treated with the most uh, respect. People welcome us with open arms, and they keep telling us how much they appreciate that we've taken the time to fly into their communities. And, you know, when you look at the, from their perspective, it's not every day that they get people to come visit them. Uh, very often the onus is on them to go south, and uh, we're here. And we're here to talk to people, to listen to people, let them share uh, what their uh, feelings, aspirations are, not only about the Edmonton Eskimo Football Club, but uh, about their whole community as well. Uh, Len, I know there have been you know a couple of, of leaders from Canada's north who have have basically said that the Eskimos' name is offensive. Uh, some other people have said, well, maybe it's not offensive, but it's a little outdated. When you're talking to people on the ground like that, are you hearing the words offensive or outdated? Like, do, do the leaders speak for these people? Or is it maybe a different tone when, when you're in your discussions? So that's a very good and important question and not an easy answer. But let me start off by saying it was really important. The best decision we made was to make the decision to come and meet with the people directly. Um, we were getting a lot of information the past few years from people uh, on a second-hand uh, basis, and um, we felt it was time to go directly and talk to the people within the community themselves to allow them to express it on their own behalf. 
We're getting a lot of, uh, first, a lot, there's a lot of people within the community that uh, love the Edmonton Eskimo Football Club. Um, so we're, we're truly getting that feeling. But for full exposure and full transparency, there's a lot, there's a, some people as well that have different opinions, and there's some that uh, view it as offensive that would like to see a name change. And, and we, we have, you know, formal meetings. Basically, we have one-on-one meetings that go on for an hour at a time. So we did five this afternoon. And, um, but we also have informal meetings. We're meeting people everywhere we go. When we land at the airport, when we're in restaurants, we're just meeting people. And people know that we're in town and they're coming and sharing their, their stories and their feelings and their opinions. So there is a wide spectrum. But, uh, you know, I, I would say that uh, just hearing from the people themselves, uh, they show so much respect in how they articulate their opinions. Uh, it's not confrontational. This is about people talking about the name. They are understanding and they're happy that we're actually asking them for their opinion. And I'm really uh, thinking that uh, so far out of this journey that we've carved out, it's been really educational, beyond, far beyond the Edmonton Eskimo Football Club and sports. Just learning about our country and the northern part of it from a cultural experience, Canadian experience, but then how it ties into the football club. It's, it's, it's quite complex. You know, the name we've had since 1949, but it was actually, you know, history shows it's the Cree that gave uh, the name to the to the uh, Eskimos, uh, as we've known it, and it described them as eaters of raw fish. They used the descriptors as names. So that was uh, uh, used as a reference and a descriptor for this community far be, before the Edmonton Eskimo Football Club was established. But we, here we are today, and things have changed over the years, and we're trying to get a pulse of where people lie in terms of what they're talking about. And is this top of mind? Is this an issue to begin with? If it is an issue, do you want to support the name? Do you think the name needs to be changed? So we anticipate going through uh, different forms of uh, uh, engagement throughout the year, uh, throughout 2018. But this, uh, the last month has been just inspiring. Len Rhodes joining us on Inside Sports. He's the president and CEO of the uh, Edmonton Eskimos as he continues to gather information uh, about, the, about the name of the club, the Edmonton Eskimos. Um, Len, a couple other ones uh, for you. And I should admit, you mentioned how long the name has been around. As I'm sure you know, there have been uh, baseball and hockey teams uh, in Edmonton yeah. called the Eskimos that, that even predate the football team. So it's kind of been a, yeah, associated with our city for, for a long time, which is an, another interesting background. Look, Len, i, I got to ask you this because people say it to me all the time i'm sure you've been asked before uh the 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 one empire uh slogan that's kind of been used the last couple of years uh, i know a lot of people say well they're just going to change it to edmonton empire because it's still ee they're just floating that uh, and i've always said i don't know if it's quite if it's quite that simple i mean could, do, do you want to respond to the, the the section of the fan base that is yeah. Uh, either concerned yeah, or, or, or hypo- hypothesizing that Empire is going to be the next name? Yeah. You know, uh, the one Empire is our marketing campaign, and it's uh, now in its second year, and it speaks. It's a call to action for our fan base and to uh, have people feel there's an identity with the football club that they love. It is not tied to the, to the name of our club. Any talk of any names would be totally premature at this point because we have not said we're changing our name so our name is the edmonton eskimo football club and that continues to be our name and we're proud to use it so uh no anyone that's saying is there a tie between the two there is not 
One is a marketing campaign, the other is the name of our football club. And to talk about any scenarios or situations or possibilities for a name, when we haven't uh, said we're changing our name, and at this point in time, there are absolutely no plans to change our name. We're going through this engagement uh, throughout the year to assess the situation, but uh, there is nobody putting any plans together saying, what do we do if we change our name? Because we're not there. We, we, are, we are the Edmonton Eskimo Football Club. All right, Len, and one more I want to ask you, and I know you've heard me talk about this. Well, I don't even know if this is a question. I guess this is my request to you, because I've put it this way before when I haven't been talking to you directly on the show. And I totally understand what you're doing and why you're doing it, and I and I know you you want to make sure you do this right and respect everybody and get as much information as you can, and, and you're not going to rush. Um, but I, I hope there's going to come the day where you either say, Hey everybody, this is tough, but we've we have to change the name. That's going to be a pretty obvious decision. If if you decide to to keep the Eskimos, whether that's announced, you know, in the spring of 2019 or around Grey Cup time or whatever, if you keep Eskimos, Len, would you be prepared to say respectfully to everybody, we're, we're not going to keep debating this. This, this is going to be the name, and, and, and we're going to leave it alone right now, because I just kind of feel like as an Edmontonian, and as a season ticket holder too, there's a point where if the name's going to be Eskimos, I, I don't want it to be in a constant state of debate. Do you see where I'm coming from? Uh, I sure do, uh, Reed, and it's a very fair point. Uh, let's put it this way. I think going back to it's been really since December 2015, I've been dealing with this topic, and, uh, you know, we we have a lot of things on our plate, but this is one that has become a priority because it's so important. Uh, we're going to do things right. We're going through a process that has never been done before. Uh, we had been told the last time no one went to, to, the, to the far north for at least 20 years from our football club, so this has been a great opportunity. When we finish this uh, process, and let's uh, say as we look and we anticipate could be early 2019 absolutely we don't want to keep uh, talking about this every single day uh, we've got to deal with this make a decision and move on and be proud of uh, the name that we use and um, that's so important because uh, it does take a lot of energy takes a lot of focus and i'm proud to be allocating and dedicating that focus but uh, we uh, have other things to uh, on our plate as well so yes absolutely uh, we can't keep questioning things there's a time and a place and right now i think we're doing we're being congratulated by the inuit community about taking the steps that we're taking and that that is really satisfying to hear from the people that are the topic of discussion feeling that for a change we're asking them directly and they do not appreciate when people are speaking on their behalf from the southern parts of the the country so we're scoring a, a lot of points from a relationship standpoint, and whatever happens, we know that uh, we've improved the relationship already with many people within the community, and uh, going forward, this will be something that we always hold as a real high priority, is maintaining that relationship and just keep enhancing it as we go. So long answer to your question or your, uh, your point, I agree with you. Um, once we go through this, we'll make a decision and uh, we move forward. But uh, right now it's been so so exhilarating to uh, travel across this uh, beautiful country and meeting wonderful people. And I want, I want listeners to know that it's, uh, for the most part, it's not confrontational at all. It's great discussions, a lot of suggestions, 
yes, there are a few people that are a little more aggressive with their opinions, but that's okay. We've told people, it's your time to talk. We're listening, and that's what we're doing. Len, thanks for making time for me. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. I, I know you're really busy, so thanks for fitting us in on Inside Sports. Of course, you're welcome on any time. Thank you very much, Reed. Take care. That is Len Rhodes, the president and CEO of the Edmonton Eskimos, checking in tonight. Uh, so you heard him say it there. Uh, he, he threw out early 2019 as a possible date. He says, we don't want to keep talking about it. And that's uh, certainly how I feel. Once a decision is made, I hope that puts it to bed at least for uh, for a considerable length of time. He did say he does talk to some people who view the name as offensive, but uh, certainly not how everybody feels. And as he said with Empire, uh, it's not tied to the name of the club. It is a marketing campaign, not a name. So that's where we stand with uh, Len Rose, President and CEO of the Edmonton Eskimos. 630-630 is our text line. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. We'll take a quick timeout. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630Chad. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. It's 624. Thanks to Len Rhodes, President and CEO of the Edmonton Eskimos, for coming on the show. Eskimos in Montreal on uh, Thursday. The next Thursday, they will host the Saskatchewan Rough Riders for the uh, one and only time this season. Eskimos sitting with a record of 3-2. and two. Offense has been pretty good. Haven't been, weren't able to score a lot against uh, Toronto, but the uh, Eskimos defense did a pretty good job. I think the Eskimos defense improving. The offense with the potential to be pretty explosive looks good for J.C. Sherritt and C.J. Gable to play uh, in Montreal on Thursday. Neither guy finished the game against the Argos, uh, I guess a week and a half half ago, Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Eskimos hanging on to win it 16-15. Uh, all right, you can text 630-630. Kevin says if they uh, do change the name, I like the Edmonton Eagles. It would still be the double E. I don't know if they're going to change the name. I, Len's getting information. you got to remember, there are about 90 shareholders who own the Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, I would think they're going to have a pretty big say. And there, there was also a survey done of season ticket holders that was done in February. The results of that have uh, not been made public, but I think that's going to be some pretty important feedback as well. So uh, a lot going into this. I think Len is trying to cover all his bases. We'll see where it goes. Sounds like early 2019, they will uh, make a decision and stick with it. The Mark Spector Golf Classic is tomorrow. Mark himself will join us. Uh, We'll talk, well, who knows what we'll talk about with Mark. We tend to go all over the map sports-wise, and he'll let us know what's going on with his tournament. This is a big fundraiser for Sports Central. Cavis Reed will check in tonight. He traded for Johnny Manziel, and uh, they want Manziel to be the man sooner rather than later. He's not going to start against the Eskimos on Thursday, but I would fully expect him to play. Darrell Walker will join us as well, third leading receiver in the Canadian Football League, and Walker, a former teammate of Manziel, they played together at Texas A&M. We're back after the 6.30 news. Thanks a lot for checking in tonight. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad.
Big uh, transfer, Edmonton kid Alfonso Davies going to Bayern Munich from the Vancouver Whitecaps. We'll talk to somebody tied to his uh, youth football career here in Edmonton as we move along tonight. Cavis Reed scheduled to join us in about half an hour. He traded for Johnny Manziel yesterday. My name is Reed Wilkins, Mark Spector, longtime Edmonton media sports guru, currently with Sportsnet. How's it going, Mark? Oh, guru, I like that word, man. Yeah, well, I'm just making up words as I go, really. Uh, titles, I guess I should say. Uh, Mark, good to have you on the show. you got your golf classic coming up tomorrow. We'll, we'll get into the nuts and bolts of that as we move along because you've done incredible sure. work, helped out Sports Central a lot. But, uh, man, the the, uh, the Montreal Alouettes, who are uh, one of the dreariest CFL teams in recent memory, they did get a win in Saskatchewan. They simply cannot score. Uh, and they are the headline team this week, conveniently enough uh, for us, the week they play the Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, Johnny Manziel, he is more potential than actual when it comes to his CFL career, but, man, that potential is pretty exciting if he puts it together. Yeah, I, I'm kind of – I'm not sure which way to look at Johnny Manziel to the Alouettes, Reed. You know, either – on one hand, it's good because we're going to get to see him play. Watching Johnny Manziel sit the bench in Hamilton was, didn't work for anybody, right? work for him, didn't work for us, didn't work for football. We all want to see what this kid has and if he can do it. But then if you put him into that, you know, let's face it, the Alouettes are, uh, have been a, a bit of a train wreck, uh, and it might be almost impossible to succeed there. I'm not going to say impossible, but, you know, that's a difficult situation. He's going to have to be better if he's going to succeed in Montreal than if he was at a team that sort of had a you know higher level that, that kind of had its act together more. So I guess it's a, in the end it's a win. Let's watch the kid play. I want to see Manziel play. I want to see him take snaps. He he should be Reed, the consummate CFL quarterback who can throw on the run, who can scramble, who's elusive. Right? He should be the modern day Tracy Ham man. And you know now let's see if he can be that guy. You know, Speck, you, you, you said a couple things there that really set off a lot of things in my mind. And I was talking last night. There are and there are initial comparisons to the Doug Flutie experience because he was, you know, Flutie was a guy that the NFL said, you know, you, you, you can't do it here, so he came to Canada. Now, Doug Flutie was never a quote-unquote bad citizen away from the field, right? Or, right? or a bad teammate as Manziel. I mean, you know about the, everybody knows about the stuff that he has been sure. accused of or admitted that he's done wrong. Uh, Fl- Flutie, Flutie never had that baggage, but th- there are comparables in the journey here. But you mentioned the quality of the team. I mean, Flutie went to a okay BC team. Uh, he went to a awesome Calgary team. And then he went to a probably better, th- I mean, the the, the Toronto team that won the Grey Cup here in 97 might be the best CFL team all time. I mean, you had Pinball, you had Mookie as a rookie, you had Drummond and Millington getting the ball out of the backfield, and then, oh, by the way, you had Flutie. So, I mean, to, that, the, 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 that's why the, the comparisons to Flutie are initial. I don't want to be accused of, of making direct comparisons. They're, they're initial comparisons. Maybe five, seven years from now they'll be more direct, but they're pretty pretty preliminary right now. Yeah, and I'm going to challenge you on the best CFL team ever when you had the Eskimos in 1980 with Warren Moon and that cast. But uh, that's the that's the conversation you and me will have over a cold beer one sure. day. Uh, <laughs> but 
you know, I know what you're saying. Flutie didn't have, Flutie wasn't bouncing back from anything, right? Flutie wasn't trying to prove to the world that, that he that he was taking a second run at the thing. So that's what Manziel's doing. And that's all fine. We're a society that wants to give a guy a second chance. So he screwed it up, Manziel, in the States. No problem. You know, I want to be the guy, I want a front row seat to watch him restate his claim. I would love it if, if Manziel came up here and absolutely kicked butt for a season and a half, two seasons, and got another try on the NFL. And I think if he went back down there, he'd be flying the CFL flag, and with every single football fan across the nation would be cheering for him. So obviously he's got to clean up his personal life, and by all accounts he's done that. You don't succeed. You know, if your personal life's a mess, you just don't. I've watched too many athletes. No one's that good that they can overcome the personal life that he had. But if he's past that and he's got it figured out and he can keep it figured out, now let's watch him play. There there was a hell of a quarterback there, Reed, when he was in college. And he, again, he was a CFL-style guy, man. I see no reason at all why can't, he can't find success in this CFL today. Absolutely no reason. Manziel, uh, I mean, again, he's not going to start against the Eskimos on Thursday. I'm, I'm sure they – I mean, I know Sherman sounds like he was eager to get him on the field. Maybe he gets five plays. Maybe he gets they'll, – they'll find a way to, to get him on the field. And, and, and you're right with the throwing on the run. The key and, – and we've seen this happen – well, I'll, I'll throw this out there, Speck, because I, I, think, I, I think the development of some of the great CFL quarterbacks is – the scrambling put them on the map, then learning to throw on the run and keep your eyes downfield kept them going, and then the longevity came after that. I mean, Nelon Green could run, never learned to keep his eyes downfield and still throw the ball. Allen learned to do it. Riley has. I mean, even, even Riley from 2014 is different than now. I mean, we all loved him because he took the big hits, but now he's not doing that. And, and Man, if Manziel is, still keeps his eyes downfield and keeps the threat of running but only uses it selectively, those are the quarterbacks that really kill people. No, that you you just nailed it. Like all those guys you name used to run a lot, and then they got smarter and they learned their offenses, and they lo- they learned how to keep their eyes downfield and find the receiver, and they didn't have to run as much. But they all still and and Mike Riley, when things aren't going well, and it's the early fourth quarter, and the Eskimos are second and eight, and they have to get a first down, he can run for it, and he does run for it doesn't run as much in the first quarter and the second quarter and the third quarter read as he used to and that's i'm fine with that but we all know that when you need yards mike roddy can go get him if he has to and listen Mantel's at the beginning of this curve he hasn't proven to anyone up here that he can run he hasn't proven to anyone up here that he can play right i expect him to do a ton of running for the first little while here and i'm fine with that and he's at the very uh, you know he's a start of that process tracy ham uh, damon allen matt dunnigan all these guys, even Calvillo when he was young, used to run a little bit. Uh, they all ran a lot when they started in the CFL, and that afforded them time and space to learn how to run an offense properly. They all learned it. I see no reason why Manziel couldn't be the guy who follows in those footsteps if he hangs around the CFL long enough to mature. Mark Spector joining us on Inside Sports tonight. It, it's, it's been an interesting 
you know, last few weeks and, uh, you know, the hockey stuff died down a little bit, obviously, once you get kind of a week past free agency. But uh, the Manziel story has been interesting. Uh, certainly they're the, the DeRozan trade for Kawhi Leonard. Uh, oh is is fascinating because you know Le- Leonard's a Leonard's a better player, but if he's a Raptor for a year or only until the trade deadline, we'll we'll see how that one looks. And, and certainly, I mean, going back a little bit, the concentration of power in California. I mean, do we just want the Warriors and Lakers to play each other in a best of eighty three series, and that's the NBA <laughs> season? Like, is that, is that all it comes down to? <laughs> oh my God, basketball's in a funny place, right? It really is. It, it's no one really, I mean, I don't think that anyone wants to be in a position where the season starts and you know who's going to be at the final. But I don't think basketball <laughs> wants that. I don't think any league wants that. I, I don't think that the fact that LeBron, the best player in the game, or at least many would say so, has played in the last, is it eight straight finals? Uh, I don't think that's something that, that is really healthy for basketball. They, you can't control it. You can't change a rule book and make that change. But I think that when basketball looks in the mirror, when the NBA, you know, when Silver, uh, the commissioner, looks in the mirror, they probably would like to find a solution. You know, Gary Bettman uh, is on the other side of that thing. The NHL is the ultimate parity league. There's, you know, and people complain about that. But at least you don't know who's going to win all the time. Uh, I think I prefer that to the alternative in the NBA. Is that fair? Well, and you know what, Spec? I, I I taped it during the. Well, we don't tape it anymore. Whatever we do, PVR it. I, I don't use I don't use VHS as old fashioned as I am, and, and as stuck in the eighties as I am. Don't, don't tape over your uh, wedding or the birth of your first child. <laughs> well, I don't have either of those, so that's that's not a concern. But. Uh, the, the ESPN 30 for 30 did a three-part series, Best of Enemies, Lakers, Celtics, and I've watched the first two parts. And they actually only played, well, only. They only played in three finals in the 80s, but but they were the dominant teams. And you look back on the 80s, and, you know, the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, played the Lakers three times in the finals. Nobody cares. Nobody remembers that. It was all about the three times. So it, it's a league that has defined itself by its superstars and its superpowers. And you know what? For better or for worse, it, it, it chose to go. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be a fan of the Denver Nuggets, but you haven't been relevant ever. Oh. You know what I mean? So no, it's, I, it's just I, a I funny wonder, league. Right, right, and that would be my, if I was trying to run that league, I would question how do we make money in, in 20 of those towns? How do right. we sell tickets when our, our fans all look at each other and have no for a fact their team's you know, not getting past the second round. How do we sell advertising? How do we sell, you know, how do we sell scoreboard signage? How do we sell boxes? Like that to me is that in the end, you know, LeBron only comes to your town once or twice a year if you're not in LA. Mm -hmm. So that to me is the question. How do we sell it to, how do we sell a national package? Uh, You know, and obviously they do to ESPN and, and networks like that, but I don't know. I wonder, I question the value when I guess when the outcome is just so known that's all sport is about not knowing who wins Las Vegas is built right on not knowing who's going to win the game and that's why I'm putting my hundred down uh when we know who's going to win it just seems like there's something wrong 
You mentioned selling the game. I'm going to transition locally here. A guy we, well, I, I love uh, covering his teams, and it is basketball-related. He was a great coach, but was, has there ever been a better salesman of a team that wasn't named the Oilers or the Eskimos in this city than former Golden Bears basketball coach Don Horwood? Don Horwood, yes, sir. I grew up in this business sitting across the desk from him when I was a kid at the Gateway and then a young guy at the Journal. And uh, he had it figured out. He always had time for the media. And even though he knew 10 times more about basketball or 100 times more than any of us, uh, he had time to explain it to you. you know, talk to John Short about Don Horwood, right? I mean, he would, you know, there was, I remember as a kid at the Journal back in those days, I know I sound old here, but when it came to, say, high school sports and a lot of university sports, the only way to get the score was if the coach of the team or someone from the team phoned in after the game. And, of course, when teams won, they'd phone in, and when they didn't win, they wouldn't phone in, Right. you know. And Don Horwood, if you were waiting for him to phone in, and John Short shows the perfect example, right, the forerunner of all sports radio in Edmonton, Reed, uh, when, when Don Horwood said, I'm going to phone you, John Short, on sports talk, on the old CFRN 1260 in the old days, I'll tell you, if his team won, he phoned. If his team lost, he phoned. He never missed a phone call because he knew that, you know, people want to know what's going on and they don't only want to know when you win. And that's just one facet of it. But Don knew what he was doing. Smart guy, good guy, fun guy, great personality. Uh, I certainly learned a ton from dealing with Don Horwood, I'll tell you that. One of my favorite things I ever heard about Don, and I got to know him a little bit, but I I know uh, he had a rule for post-game interviews. He told his players... Uh, if you do not want to talk to the media after we lose, that's fine. When we win and you score 40 points, I will also tell the media you don't do post-game interviews. <laughs> so, perfect. Right? perfect. <laughs> Mark, perfect. Uh, I, I know you're busy here getting ready for the tournament tomorrow. It's at the Quarry Mark Spector Golf Classic. Uh, it's It's been a massive success fo- so far helping out Sports Central. I, I mean, we, we've had Sheldon on the show a few times as well. Just give us a, give us a sense about, you know, what this does for Sports Central uh, and, and, you know, your involvement. I know you've been, you've found it personally rewarding as well. Yeah, oh, well, for sure. I mean, I'm on the board at Sports Central and, and, you know, I, I grew up with a place where a guy like a John Short again or Tiger Goldstick, uh, they helped out in that regard. And, and, you know, those guys were kind of off the scene, and I felt like it was they needed someone in the sports media, and that's, I became that guy. I'm happy to be that guy. Uh, you know, we've run the tournaments our fifth year. We, you know, anyone who's ever put on one of these things knows that they don't run themselves. There's a lot of work. I got a lot of help, a lot of people helping out, a lot of golfers that come back, a lot of sponsors that come back. And, I guess it, it gets the only thing easy about it is the cause read because who doesn't get that when a kid and here's a story for you, you of course uh, you were talking about Alfonso Davies earlier. Yep. Right. Alfonso Davies uh, families from Guyana. I believe he was born in Liberia, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they're in Liberia on their way to go somewhere. Well, they end up coming to Canada and when they get to Canada and he's 10 years old, where do you think his parents come to get him and his brother a, a free bike and a helmet? Well, they come to Sports Central. And that allows a kid like Alfonso Davies to have a little freedom, a little confidence. He goes, he can ride to soccer practice, right? He feels like he belongs. And I'm not saying every kid that we help at Sports Central, 8,500 a year, turns into Alfonso Davies. But it is an example of 
if you give a kid a chance, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And when he suits up for Bayern Munich, I'll tell you, those people over at Free Footy that you were talking about, they're going to be awfully proud. And us folks over at Sports Central will have a smile too because you just love to help kids that need help and, and, and kids that, that take that help and really make the most out of it, right? Your classics raised close to six hundred thousand dollars in four years, and hmm. again, the tournament is uh, tomorrow. It, it'll uh, it'll it'll help a lot. It'll raise a lot. But I want to remind people, they can help year round. Uh, you can go to markspectorgolfclassic.com or very sim- simply sportscentral.org. I, I know I donated some old golf clubs uh, a few years ago. Uh, gently used sports equipment is the is the uh, is yeah. the key there. Maybe not something yeah. that's a hundred years old, but something gently used that. Okay. You, Kevin Carius is the key, is the king. He gives us keys from about 1971, right. so we're always happy to accept those from Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, I'm going to keep my comments to myself after that one. Uh, Spec, uh, thank- I think in Saskatchewan those are called new skis. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Well, that that's a good point because a, a lot of people uh, think hockey, which is cool, obviously. But but I know when I, I had Sheldon on a few weeks ago when they did that drive at uh, was it at, was it at a Savon or a Sobies? Yeah. Uh, like they need they'll they'll take like bikes. They need a lot of bikes, even skateboards, stuff like that. If you have helmets for biking or skateboarding or whatever, like all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think badminton rackets they were looking for. So don't hesitate to think, oh, it's a sport no one plays. No, 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 no. It's being played. No, no, no. School, you know, clubs, whatever. Like, you need stuff, so don't hesitate. Absolutely. Let's, you know, let's get kids playing sports. Like, let's, we all grew up, Reed. I know you did, and I know I did, with the opportunity to play on teams. And what do you learn at a team, right? You learn to lose gracefully. You learn to win gracefully. You learn that, you know, how to be a good teammate. Maybe you have a lousy teammate and you look at that guy and you think, okay, you know what? I don't want to be like that guy. There's so many things we all learn from sports that we've taken into our adult lives. Now I'm a better guy in the office because I played on a bunch of teams and I know what it means to be a part of a team and so are you. And and I think we just want kids to have that experience. You know, have the experience playing sports and don't let the fact your family can't afford it be the impediment. We can get you there. Mark, well said. Thanks for being so generous with your time tonight. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow afternoon. Look forward to talking to you then, and uh, we'll talk to Coach Todd tomorrow too, man. I hope it goes great. Perfect. Thanks for your help, Reed. That is Mark Spector checking in from the Mark Spector Golf Classic to benefit Sports Central, and, of course, he is uh, on Sportsnet on TV and on the web all the time. 6.52. we got to take a quick timeout. Inside Sports on Chet. <laughs> Listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Thank you, mysterious voiceman. Eskimos Alouettes Thursday. Next Thursday, Eskimos home to the Rough Riders. Tell you what we'll do. We'll do it later on, Kellen, but just it's just to tease people. Heads just up. so they have their dialing fingers ready. We'll give away some tickets next half hour to the Eskimos rider. Not now. You've been warned. Well, it's not a warning. Well, not it's 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 advertising uh, upcoming features. You've been they've been told. So that'll be good. We had a uh, pretty easy trivia question last night, 
what position did Jason Moss play when he played for the Eskimos? Obviously, it was quarterback. We'll uh, we'll have we'll have a pretty easy question today too. It's in the middle of summer. I don't want to make people think too hard. Minnesota leading yep. the Blue Jays two nothing in the bottom of. The seventh. I'm looking forward to hearing more about Alfonso Davies. Man, this is a big story. A uh, kid played his a uh, lot of his minor soccer soccer here in Edmonton. He's been with the Vancouver Whitecaps, 17 years old, being sold to Bayern Munich. 20 million dollar transfer fee that would shatter the record previously fetched by an MLS player. That was back in 2008 when Josie Altador went to a Spanish club for $10 million. Altador at the time was uh, 18, and he was playing for the New York Red Bulls. So uh, pretty awesome stuff there. Uh, I can tell you that Davies, eight assists, three goals in 20 games with the Whitecaps this season, already is third with that organization. Pretty cool news there. 6.57, we're coming up to the 7 o'clock news. Want to remind you that some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Book the Rumpus Room for up to 12 of your closest friends and dig in for a family-style picnic at NorthChickenYEG.com. Got a text earlier in the show to 6.30, The Barbie Barn in Montreal overrated. Falcon Crest was a stellar 80s show. You don't just have to text about sports during this time slot, 6.30, We also accept reviews of restaurants in other Canadian cities and your thoughts on 1980s television. We're back after the news with Cavis Reed, the man who traded for Manziel. Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.